Welcome to Let It Be Easy with Susie Moore. Oh my gosh, it is so fun for me when I have a friend, a person who I love on the podcast. And today that is Anna Babe. You may know the lovely Anna from her wildly successful YouTube channel, where she is an elegance expert. And Anna's videos are amazing. She tells us what shoes to wear. She tells us what shows that you have class. She gives us etiquette advice. She gives us communication skills. I mean, Anna is full of knowledge, and I just love her as a human being. From a bio perspective, she's a thought leader and instructor in feminine self-worth, modern elegance, and the aspirational lifestyle space. And she cares a lot about allowing us as women to become the best versions of ourselves. I came across Anna's work via YouTube years ago. Her videos kept popping up and I just, I loved her. I loved her realness. I loved the way that she speaks and what she shares. And then I joined one of her free trainings and purchased one of her courses, which was one of the most high value things I've ever purchased. It was called Secrets of the Elite Woman. I then connected with Anna. We've become friends. We've had the joy of hanging out in real life with our husbands and I just, I I love it when I encounter a person who's real, who's hardworking, who's got big dreams, and who's so much fun. And I think in this conversation, you'll love just seeing how... um, how Anna shows up, how she sees the world, how she goes for it, and the advice that she has for people who want to upgrade and up-level their lives. She's a person who I just adore, and I'm thrilled to bring her to you now on the podcast. So I give you now, my friends, the lovely Anna Bay. Anna Bay, the one and only. <laughs> I am so happy to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Susie. I'm so happy to be here once again. Oh, once again. My gosh. Anna, I am, I mean, I love the story of how we met because I started following your YouTube channel. It was suggested videos for me. I loved your content. I loved your ability to just speak as yourself, like truly just owning who you are, saying what you think, being true to you. And I followed you, joined a webinar, purchased your course, which I loved and highly recommend, Secrets of the Elite Woman, and then reached out to you. And here we are after also getting the chance to meet in person, to have our lovely husbands meet and to have a lot of fun, much, much fun is in our future. But isn't that a cool meeting story just to kick off with? I mean, Anna, like here we are now, isn't that fun? No, honestly, Susie, I love it because I would say that on the internet, there's all kinds of crazies out there. I feel so blessed and grateful to have met such a wonderful person because you really are how you are, you know, appearing online and I love it. You're so genuine. You're so much fun. And I love your, your hubby too. Oh my gosh, Anna, Anna. I mean, I have to say when I started following you, I was so impressed by the following that you've acquired in a really short time. And when I was actually on one of your trainings, I've never seen that many people live <laughs> on a uh, on a platform, on a webinar, like ever, I don't think. And what do you think is it about you that makes people so attracted to the way that you are and what it is that you have to teach? I think it's because 
I am, how can I say, I don't beat around the bush. I say exactly how it is. For some people, I think that can be a bit too much. Maybe a little bit, I'm a little bit too spicy (laughs) Uh for their taste. Mm -hmm. But for some people, you know, that's the type of person that they like, you know, to listen to and things like that. And uh, I mean, it's the cliche, you know, I'm just being myself, Susie, (laughs) whether you like it or not. And it seems to that a lot of people like it because I say the truth. I don't beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, and especially I don't pretend to be perfect because I teach on subjects where I speak a lot on kind of my own mistakes or I share a lot of my mistakes. I I put myself in a very vulnerable position. <laughs> I mean, I share things that normal people probably wouldn't share, but mm-hmm. I believe it's um it's empowering to share share your mistakes. It really does empower you as a person, and it has done so for me. Mm-hmm. yes and for my audience I, I I've noticed that yeah you put stuff out there about like before and after pictures you, it's really I mean it takes a a certain level of courage to do that I think a lot of us would love to be able to just go yep this is me this is what I used to do this is what I used to look like this is what I used to wear this is what how I used to behave and, and you, you, just, you sorry I just want to give them a bit of reference because we're talking here the trashy side of me we're talking me laying passed out uh, you know, after having vomited in the toilet <laughs> on the floor and like showing people yeah, <laughs> the side yeah. of my past or when I looked like crazy. So, yes. <laughs> so the context, we we're, 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 really put it out there. And I think so few people, I mean, I think some people, you know, they do it selectively. They'll go, you know, I used to really care what people think and now I don't, or I overcame this one issue, but I feel like your, your level of courage is really, I mean, it's high. And has it always been that way with you? Have you always been able to be so like self-assured or has it been a journey for you? To no, be able it to has be that been a, honestly, Susie, it has been a journey, especially I think part of the journey is tied to age because, you know, when we are in our twenties, we're so much more insecure, self-conscious, yeah. uh, really care on a different level, what people think of us and so on. Then I would never in a million years share like this side of my life. Right. But I think once I, how can I say, if I have been kind of pretending even to myself that, oh no, that that side of me never happened. Then I kind of felt imprisoned in, in my own self. But once I set that free and, um, it just was a, how can I say a very liberating experience. And it was funny because the other day I read a comment under my YouTube video where someone said, yeah, Anna, but you only just shared it with the public because you had to, because you're a public person and that would have probably haunted you. Like a regular person should never share anything like that. And I actually disagree because because of this liberating experience is that I don't care what anybody thinks or says or you know, whatever they think about who I was, because I'm not tied to that person anymore. Like, mm-hmm. it's like there's a saying, like, uh, like you're knocking on the wrong person's door now. I think there is a saying. Have you ever heard about that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Where it's like, I don't live there anymore. Like, that, I don't live there anymore. So, yes, you can go knocking on that door, but you won't find me there because I have evolved. I have worked on myself and I'm proud of who I am today not because I'm perfect. I'm not perfect today, but because I took charge of my life and I left that person and became the one I am today. With a lot of intention. I mean, I think that that's what I, I, I love observing in you. Like you have clarity, you know where you're going, you know what you want. 
as you, I mean, what you're sharing with me, what I hear is like, this is actually authentic confidence, right? It's the willingness to be uncomfortable, the willingness to own like past, present, like what, what's happened, not running, not hiding. And the liberation I'm sure is, I mean, it's absolutely there for you. Did it happen gradually that you got there or was it like a snap overnight that you started sharing? No, I think it's, it's very hard to know really, because I haven't <laughs> reflected on that but it has been for sure a process I have been also open about the fact that I go to therapy and there I have been really focusing on working on my own insecurities because I felt like they were really holding me back so kind of one by one we started to fix and then things just started uh, uh, falling into place automatically, I would say. So this is not something that just happened overnight, but maybe it is something that came because of like all the hours in therapy I put in, all the hours that I've kind of reflected on my own self, on my past, and I don't know, reading self-help books or listening to podcasts like yours, you know? I'm right there with you on the journey. I'm so obsessed with self-examination and getting better. I mean, I would love to see or hear a snapshot of like little Anna. So I know that like you've had an interesting life, you've lived in different places, but if you were to like revisit or look at, you know, young Anna, like, so, you know, child Anna, what was, you know, life like for her? Like, you know, where were you? What was your kind of experience? Because between then and now, of course, a lot's changed and happened. And when you think about that, you know, that period, which is so formative, which is what we do in therapy, right? Is what we we do in self-help. What was, what was little Anna like? So I grew up in Sweden. I grew up in a suburb outside of Stockholm and my parents weren't wealthy and they were just, I would say, regular working class people who themselves wanted to level up, um, you know, working a regular jobs. I didn't have brothers and sisters. It was just me and my, and my parents, right. Or my, my mom who divorced uh, from my father. And then I had this, or I still have a stepfather who stepped in very early in my life, but you know, no families are perfect. And I would say that during my childhood, there could be sometimes, you know, commotion at home that would make me want to kind of seek out an escape. Mm -hmm. And I was very lucky in that sense, although I didn't have a perfect childhood, but I was lucky in the sense that my escape wasn't like, I don't know, joining a gang or like something. Mm -hmm. But instead, I there was a a, a farm next to where I lived. Mm -hmm. And I started going there. And I really felt that it was like my little shelter for, because I was also bullied in school. So it was like, okay, it was a bit uh, annoying at home. It was annoying in school, but then I had this free zone, which was the farm with the animals and the horses and nature. And if it wasn't for that, I don't think, I mean, you can, you can, you can never know, but I think that contributed a lot to who I am today mm-hmm. because it didn't go completely, how can I say sideways for me? <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. I'm not saying that I had perfect years. No, not at all. I had a lot of difficult years as well uh, as a result, but definitely it helped. It helped balancing me. And today I actually, I kind of lost touch with that side of like animals, nature, horses in my twenties, because I was so busy running around in the world and doing crazy things and adventures. But then I kind of reconnected with that 
side of of me in a way in in my early 30s and I've been very consistent with that and I actually have this now as part of my self-care because it really grounds me and it's just like it's the the center that I need in my life to feel happy like animals nature I just love it so much it's I think my favorite pictures that you post of your horse Irish mist what a Uh, name I mean I I, and I like I love seeing that side of you too because I know how deeply you care about animals and nature so was little Anna who went to the farm near her home did you have big dreams back then because I can look at my life and go oh I just knew when I was young living in domestic violence shelters like I'm like oh this is not my life and I'd see women on tv who look powerful and I'm like yeah that's me. I'm going to live in the city with the really big buildings. Like I knew that very young. What about you? I'd love to hear like what was going on in your mind then? What dreams did you have if you had them? I always wanted to be a writer. So I always knew, I guess, at an early age that I was creative and had a passion for the creative, which is kind of like what I do today. I mean, I I do write parts, parts of my work with content creation, but um, I didn't think that a different life would be possible for me at an early age. It's actually something that came later to me, I think, in my late teens when I started questioning everything, right? That's what we do in the teens. We we like to question it all. (laughs) But no, I, I, I really thought I was born into this into like whatever class I was born into and I was gonna stay here and I was gonna probably do what everybody do in the suburbs I mean the people that I was surrounded with I mean they would usually you know find a job at a local supermarket and just live a very simple basic life and I don't want to say basic by sound I don't mean it from a condescending way I really mean like a very simple Mm-hmm. They're not going to complicate things. Let's put it this way. But I think there was something within me that always like it started growing in my teens that, no, you know what? I think maybe there is something else than just this. Like, I don't know if this is exactly what I want. Like, I love the farm. I love the animals, but I also want something more. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started looking at like fashion magazines and television and, you know, the glam life. And I was really curious, but I, I really thought it wasn't possible. I thought, no, of course I wouldn't be like, no, you have to be born rich to be able to live that life. Mm. But then I started questioning it all. And I think that's when I kind of said to myself, well, you know what? It's like, I don't think, okay. I started actually questioning it once I started traveling, like once I started doing something. So when I was uh, 19, Mm -hmm. I finished high school. I didn't continue to any higher studies. Mm -hmm. And instead, I decided that I wanted to take like a sabbatical year. I I, I jumped on a plane to Italy and I took like one year uh, study Italian language course, you know, It was actually there when I started questioning it all because I started noticing how accessible things are. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize it when I was back in Sweden, but I started question like I started realizing once I was already uh, like taking a baby step forward in mm-hmm. a way. When you like got on that plane, there must have been like an idea or something that you had in mind, or did something like what even uh, triggered that that action? Did you have something that you really wanted to find there? Did you just read a book? Were you admiring like Kate Moss, for example, who just been in Italy or something? What, what, like what was kind of just like behind that first big step out? Of the to life be honest, 
I think that's step because a lot of people t- tell me like, oh, Anna, you were so courageous. How could you go by yourself at the age of 19 and move to a completely different country where you didn't know anyone? How could you do that? But you know what? What actually pushed me was desperation because mm-hmm. I grew up in a household where my parents were very strict and it was very suffocating to me. Mm-hmm. So I knew that when I am 18, I can do whatever I want Mm -hmm. and see you later. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that type of attitude, because I just wanted to do whatever I wanted. If I want to jump on the plane, I do that. And I think the desperation was my motivation. I know that for many people, they would be afraid of doing something like that. But at that point, I was just so desperate to do something because I felt that I was watching a lot, um, like my teenage years, because there were so many restrictions. I couldn't stay out after a certain time and I couldn't do this or that. When, when normal kids, especially in Sweden, which is a very liberal and open-minded country where like you can do whatever you want as a kid almost. You know? mm-hmm. But it wasn't like that for me growing up. And I always, I felt like I missed out a, a little bit on uh, like teenage years, Fun. if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fun. And I really wanted to, to make up for it as soon as I could. You know, I agree about the desperation piece. Pain is good sometimes because it makes us move, like it, not move country necessarily, but it makes us do something, right? It's a, and uh, often, you know, it, it's proven that as humans, we'll we'll do more to avoid pain than even to like welcome pleasure. And you making that move out of this feeling of like desperation, pain, has that been something? Has that been a consistent thing where when you've made changes in your life, when you've like made big strides for like strides forward? in your career and just your personal life? Has it been often this like a similar pattern? Very much so, because that made me under, uh, how can I say, up until still today, how I manage a bit kind of certain anxieties. Everybody has anxieties. You know, anxiety is worrying in the end of the day. Like, mm-hmm. uh, let's say you're worried about, I don't know, losing your job or or not finding a job or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then how I would manage that anxiety is by being super proactive. Mm-hmm. And I feel like oftentimes people are not utilizing this. Um, I'm not saying this is the healthiest way that every psychologist recommends to someone to do. No, I'm not saying that's the right thing to do necessarily. But I do think that it does help a lot with anxiety. So, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you find, as an elegance expert, right? So if, if you had to simplify it, I know you do many things, but uh, if elegance expert kind of is the most distilled way of describing what you do. Was that ever an intention or did that happen by accident? Like over, so if I spoke to young Anna in the farm, darling, you're going to be an elegance expert one day and you're going to have this huge YouTube channel. <laughs> like, would she go, oh? or would she be like, oh yeah, absolutely. Elegance is like, it's everything. I don't know. It was not <laughs> intentional. Of course not. I did not plan. Like I am the authority on elegance. I am going to teaching you all. But what happened was that elegance actually was a tool that I used in my own personal development. So it's something that I discovered throughout my own, what I call a leveling up journey, Mm -hmm. AKA the years when I really better myself to become a, a better version of myself. And I came across elegance and I just really felt like, you know what, not only has it helped me, 
but I also see it as a common pattern that it helps a lot of other people too. Like other, I saw like a lot of uh, successful women use utilized elegance to, to, in one way or another, in their own personal brand or in how they live their life or something like that. And I just really started like sharing, but like my experience and my discovery and it just really took off I don't know why like it was never planned and yes it seems like I am the elegance expert (laughs) on the internet because in a way on YouTube I was the first one who started uh, talking about elegance I mean certainly you have people talking about like etiquette and things like that but I'm not necessarily like an etiquette teacher I am more like well, expert on elegance. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I personally, just so you know, everybody, I ask Anna, I'm like, what do you think about this? Quick, adequate question. Like, and you're always so helpful. Thank you. But yeah. what does elegance mean to you? Like, how do you define it? So there's, of course, like a de- like a dictionary uh, definition, course. but how do, like, okay, how do you define it? I mean, I, well, unfortunately, with the cliche of being the best version of yourself, I know that phrase has been so used and abused everywhere, but it's really what I believe in because I also, you know, speak a lot about modern elegance. I don't fully like believe in the traditional stereotypical elegance when you just have to be like this prim and proper lady and you and it's, it's very boxed and you cannot have a personality. I mean, if you look at me, I feel like I do have a bit of personality um, and it's fine. You can still kind of be yourself or be elegant. But I think for me, elegance has helped a lot in terms of maybe certain things, um, like some bad habits that I stopped doing, which has helped me to feel better, be better, but also to actually, I don't know, improve certain situations or attract certain opportunities as a result. So I think elegance is a little bit vague, but I think it's good that it's vague because we're not so boxed in then as, as it was traditionally. Mm-hmm. It is definitely an abstract thing, right? Which is why it's so fascinating to me and like so impressive that you've really owned it. And it's something that, I mean, it's like on YouTube, it's synonymous with you. Like, of course, there are lots of people now doing it. But whenever I think about, you know, elegance or because uh, you speak about it in so many ways in terms of dressing, in terms of behavior, in terms of there is an etiquette aspect. If you were to almost if you could see the inside of a person, right? So with your transformation that you speak of over the years changing. So elegance is easy to measure on the outside. You couldn't go, oh, wow, look at how she puts her looks together and how she sits and how she you know, engages with others. But what would you say kind of goes on on the inside of an elegance journey, like in a woman? What, what's the, um, the upgrades that happen inside of us? I think traditionally speaking, an elegant woman is someone who is confident and confident doesn't necessarily mean overconfidence, maybe more silence, silently confident. That makes Mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. Um, An elegant woman is oftentimes a very kind of strong woman. She's strong in herself, you know, like Queen Elizabeth, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. was, oh, bless her, um, like a true example of elegance. Mm-hmm. But I also believe like elegance has a lot to do with like femininity and boundaries. And, it, you know, it's about respecting yourself in the end of the day. It's about respecting others, but it's a lot respecting yourself. And I think that self-respect is very much needed in our society today, especially since I think to some degree we are kind of maybe moving away a little bit with the newer generations from that. It's all about like, I don't know 
never before have we had so many I mean, so much like over-sexualization trends mm-hmm. happening in our society. I don't know if you pronounce it correctly. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think I think we need to speak about a little bit of elegance these days. I don't think it's going to hurt. But I do see a lot of people being also defensive for this subject. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. on YouTube, you will have always negative comments. So it's not so much about that. But I do see that a lot of people misunderstand Uh, elegance and what it is that I teach and they think that I'm trying to make women be a very like like perfect like perfection in a way and they only have to be a certain way and that's something that I'm trying to be as clear as possible like that's not not at all what the conversation is about it's just a tool that we're using here in our own personal development and it's working for some it might not work for everyone but I personally believe in it and it has helped me so much. Mm-hmm. You mentioned boundaries, yes. right? Boundaries, uh, we, we hear a lot about boundaries, right? It's like a buzzword, boundary, boundary, boundary. And I have my own opinions about boundaries. Oh, and- I want to know. <laughs> is, that? is that something shocking? <laughs> uh, well, sometimes I think well, boundaries are a must, right? For sure. And I also think, Anna, tell me what you think. Uh, I think I'm good at boundaries and when and and still life tests me. To, inc- to increase them. Yeah. Do you, is it the same with you? Oh, for sure. I don't think I'm the best at boundaries, but I'm work in progress. Yeah. What is it that drove your, like your, and you spoke, I know you speak a lot about therapy. You're so open about it. What helped you or what helps you when it comes to forming a boundary? Because it can be uncomfortable sometimes, right? And it requires a different version of us who is, who's, courageous enough to say, you know what, that doesn't work for me. Or uh, actually um, that's, that, that's a no. Like, what is it that makes you a, a good boundary setter? Always working and, you know, expanding, but what do you think, it, what is it that you know about life and about yourself that allows you to create boundaries with, like with certainty? I think that it, there is a reason to why we have it hard maybe to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that always relates to something, maybe something that we have experienced in our life. Maybe we, I don't know, um, maybe we had people walking all over us in the past that we allowed it and, and, and so on. And I think that has definitely been my case. Um, I've had situations like that. I've had experience with narcissists, etc., And, uh, and it left me kind of very angry to the point that uh, I started seeing that, okay, so I turned into a people's pleaser. Mm-hmm. I allowed certain things that I shouldn't have allowed. And uh, that motivates me to set boundaries because I catch myself, like I work a lot with self-awareness and ultimately that's what kind of therapy is all about, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm now more oftentimes catching myself in the moment where I'm just like stepping into some form of old me behavior, which will be a bit of a like people's pleaser you know, or like, I rather sacrifice my own self than making someone else mm-hmm. feel something, something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and is this something that you, is still something that you struggle with like day to day? Or do you feel like, you know what, I've got, I've established a certain level of what's okay with me and yeah, stuff comes up, but I'm, I'm generally pretty steady with this. I think I'm quite good at it, to be mm-hmm. honest, but I don't think at all that it's all the time that I set perfect boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I like even just today, I caught myself doing something, you know, so I feel like there's a lot that is so ingrained that it's very hard to just change. Mm-hmm. And people think that 
sometimes people start beating themselves up about, which I also do, by the way, like, mm-hmm. oh no, I was a people's pleaser yesterday. Mm-hmm. Why didn't I catch myself? And then you feel bad about yourself, right? But I just think that it's impossible to be 100%, especially if you have cert- if you have had certain experience, like, I don't know, narcissistic abuse or other type of situations or traumas in your life. Mm-hmm. Do you find that when you look back at your therapy and your life experiences, do you have a sense of, because I find that people tend to go one of two ways. They will look back at their past and, you know, and take the lessons. And there are people who will look back at their past and take their lessons and almost like lean into this, like unexpected kind of gratitude for, for their experiences because of because without them, there wouldn't be this evolution. There wouldn't be this under, like this deep understanding of yourself and this intimacy you have with yourself. Do you but find is that, that, is that yeah. really real? Because I always look at these oh. people with so much gratitude. I'm like, really? You're not even pissed? <laughs> What's going on? I mean, I'm still working through some anger issues, you know? Oh, well, I'm happy to hear this. No, I'm happy to hear this. Like, this is good to know. <laughs> But I think that when you experience some form of trauma, especially if it's like psychological trauma and so on in your life, I think you have a lot of anger stuck in you. And it's not just something that you fix in like one therapy session. It takes years, perhaps, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to overcome depending on the trauma, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. I'm so angry. I mean, I have some issues that I'm still working through. I'm not going to lie. I'm still a work in progress. But I think those who are just so filled with gratitude and and so on, I think that's where I want to be. I'm just, okay, well, you're my motivation then. Do you do anything besides therapy? So I know you and I both love astrology, but is there anything else you do? Do you work with like EFT or like a Byron Katie coach? Or like, are there any other outside of therapy? What else do you do? Well, I used to do a lot of meditation and, Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately I don't know what happened I just like it's a block I can't I can't I can't focus anymore trying even with one minute it's too much I can't I'm overwhelmed so I'm kind of like not doing that um I feel like nature is my meditation right now so I don't really want to overcomplicate it I feel like I found something that works for me Mm -hmm. uh animals work for me I just see out seek my horse whenever I feel like I need I need some healing and Mm -hmm. it really does help Mm -hmm. so I think it's important to find something that works for you you can understand why nature and horses and animals work for me but that might be different for you maybe I don't know you need some uh, like some people are really into like yoga or meditation or whatever right Mm -hmm. But um, no, in terms of like alternative methods and things like that, no, I'm currently not very active. (laughs) (laughs) But you still do therapy. You still do therapy consistently. Yeah. Ongoing. But I'm actually thinking of adding an additional therapy method because I currently battle a lot with fear of flying Mm. a lot and it's really crippling me. It feels like um, um, like a mental disability. I don't know. Like that's how I, I really feel so imprisoned in this fear. Mm-hmm. and it's just it's problematic for me and I've tried like I tried hypnosis I didn't feel like it works mm-hmm. I mean, necessarily maybe I just didn't try the right person I'm not dismissing hypnosis as, as a method mm-hmm. I am going to try the EMDR mm-hmm. I want to yeah. try that but yeah I don't know Do you have I, any I, I mean I love hypnosis I discovered it recently for me it's extremely powerful and effective yeah. 
Absolutely. But, you know, the, the fact that the fact that, you know, the matter is, Anna, like all these methods are new. You know, if you even just look at psychiatry, it's like 200 years old. I mean, I'm, I will throw everything at my success. Like I will try anything and uh, like try any methods and stick with the ones that work. But yes. you, you found what works for you for now. And that's, I mean, that's a beautiful thing to know what brings you peace. What's going to like to make you grounded. One question I have, because I know so many people, Anna, they never get started on a dream or a project, really anything creatively speaking career-wise, if they think they would get an ounce, one ounce of criticism. Someone said to me a couple of weeks ago, she, she has like a full podcast plan mapped out, like with 30 episodes to kick off. And she won't do it because she said, if I got a single bad review, it would crush me. And I'm like, you need to look at Annabelle. Okay. <laughs> like right now. Stop reading that stuff. <laughs> okay. So this is what I want to talk about. Okay. Because what, because you know, you don't, with blessings, there's persecution. You can't just have all the success, all the love, all the engagement, all the, you've changed my life, all the money, all the blessings that come with winning something or succeeding at something without there being a shadow side. It doesn't exist for anybody. Like no. and even the Dalai Lama, Google hate. Like you'll see, he's a con artist. He's, he belongs in prison. I'm, I'm going to try and murder him. Like there, you cannot get, if you are willing to have a voice to be seen, there is no getting away from this. I mean, so just had haters. Exactly. Exa- <laughs> it's like, hello. I mean, we have to be willing. Like I'm like, okay, that's part of it. I expect that. Yeah. But I've even seen people make videos about you, like who are just, I mean, like, wow, in a way, it's like so flattering. Like the, <laughs> like people care about Anna Bay. Like there is there, there is a lot of attention on you. How do you handle it? Like, what's your method for? I mean, if you do not look, do you if you do see something, just please tell us. Tell tell us, tell us about this. Well, I have had like everything from like negative publicity when you have literally like journalists talking smack about you, you know, Mm -hmm. you have some random YouTubers chasing clout based on your own name. And the thing is that I just, I I don't watch this stuff. I don't read, like if uh, let's say um, there's an article published about me that is not positive. I don't read it because I am not interested. Like I don't care. Like, I don't care what Joe Schmo thinks, really. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But you know what I realized, Susie, is that, I mean, as, how can I say, simple as this sound, but my life doesn't change based on what Joe Schmo sits there on YouTube and says about me or writes about me. My life doesn't change. My life is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Exactly the same. So why should I, why should I jump in there? get all like obsessed about what they think like it it i don't care mm. okay this is this is a real level dangerously delicious level of self confidence right here it's like i don't care my life doesn't change that's the reality but that's not how it feels to a lot of people it's like you know you okay. can feel like it, it can feel like consuming overwhelming i'm shutting down that's it closing business i cannot i cannot withstand it okay but let like, me tell you before you close that business that your business is not going to change I've had all kinds of attempts to shut down my business. Believe me, business as usual. Business as much as Like whoever like has an opinion that is uh, like negative about you, they can sit there and air their opinion all day long, but your business is not going to change. Even when they try to sabotage, your business is not going to change. And that is a fact. And that is something that I have experienced. I've also seen other 
people, et cetera, have the same experience. But also one thing, I mean, yes, you say that, oh, how can you sit here and feel so comfortable with feeling like that? And and I understand, by the way, it's not like I was born like this, but I have been going through uh, now a few years of experience to be able to sit here and be like, frankly, do more videos, please. Let's keep them coming because I really don't care. And I really mean it when I say it, right? I'm not just I like, know. So that you start waking, making videos about me. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's interesting. So initially though, you had to overcome something. Was it, was there a learning curve with you? Yeah, but you know, my, which is kind of bizarre how my career, like my YouTube career, my uh, business career started, it was in 2018. And that was when I started getting my first kind of press. And I was getting a lot of mixed press, mm-hmm. like everything from being called a gold digger, because I was talking about that. I think I like traditional uh, gender roles where the man provides for the woman. Aha, she's a gold digger. She teaches women to be <laughs> gold diggers. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's such like a yeah, narrow way of looking like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I was really slammed left, right and center <laughs> from, <laughs> from like the first moment that I, that I started my public journey, right? Mm-hmm. And and that made, it made me grow immunity very fast. But was it difficult? Yes. Was it good? Yes, it was so good. Really, I grew this fantastic thick skin that is unbeatable. And truly, it's thick skin for life. It's it's immunity for life. I really feel like I went in yesterday, I saw some, like, I don't know, some people saying all kinds of things about my videos in my comments. And I was like, okay. Right. And so you have no negative reaction in your body at all. You're just like, okay, where's the, where's my tea? Where's my, you know? (laughs) No. And that is because I've been exposed to it so much. Like you need that exposure. And I know it's painful in the beginning. It was also painful for me. I was, of course, I shed a few tears in the beginning. Like, why are these journalists doing this? And, you know, yeah. Yeah. Then you're like, you're moving on and you realize it doesn't change my life their opinions does not change my, my life. If everyone could hear this, like I would force everyone to like, listen to that sentence. It's like all these external things, it's us making meaning and interpreting that causes the suffering. Like therein lies the suffering. Man saying words on internet, woman saying words on internet is not the problem because that will happen whether you like it or not, whether you are the most, uh, if you're the biggest, if you gave away every dollar you had to charity, if you lay down, let everyone take, you know, take your jewelry off you, like whatever it may be. Like if you, you know, there's nothing that you can do to please the people. But I also think, okay, we focus so much about what people like say negatively on the internet. And I get it. It's a new phenomenon. The fact that whatever someone writes on the internet, it's kind of, it's magnified, right? Versus when someone talks smack about someone behind their back, like it doesn't really reach many people, right? Mm -hmm. But I think that, okay, but it happens all the time in our daily life. Like when you're walking down on the street, there's going to be for sure people thinking like, oh my gosh, what is she wearing? Or, oh, who does she think she is? I mean, there's all these opinions about you, but you don't care about them, do you? You're still walking down the street. So why can't you do the same on the internet? (laughs) Truly, Anna, I think that... If we could adopt even like 20% of your your perspective on this, like the way that you feel about it, we'd do so much more. We'd create like nobody's judging. Like we'd be free. Like we'd feel free. And this happened for you gradually, would you say? Or did you like make a, like a decision one day? Or was there like an aha moment for you? 
No, it was a gradual process. Like I said, I was exposed to this negativity and it's just one day you're just like, okay, enough now. Like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not going to lose sleep over this, right? So you kind of take a decision within yourself. But I've also, I think I was also, we were talking beginning of this call about how I have really been open about my imperfections, my kind of bad past. Yes. <laughs> That perhaps are not flattering and I and I was really doing it to set myself free and I think in the midst of that own process I think it really helped a lot as well and this confidence where I really don't care like I don't care if you think that I'm this or that and I think they're all kind of linked together which is why I I teach a lot the women on my platforms that empower who you were back then empower your like embrace your imperfection like don't be afraid of them like don't be afraid of show, showing your vulnerability right mm. and i can i can really say this about you anna you know knowing you personally and you know the, the message that i receive from you when i see you you know giving advice and encouraging others it really is owning who you are. It's not running away from not patching it up, conceal it with nice makeup. Like you're making gorgeous tools available, which enhance a lot of things. But you, I remember actually, I'm not sure if you remember this, but uh, when I did your course, you did like a private Q&A. There was like a private behind the scenes Q&A where people ask questions. And one woman asked this question. She said, you know, I have followed you for a long time and I've attracted this amazing man. And uh, he comes from a very, say, traditionally good family, you know, so uh, whatever that, a, a, an impressive family. And she said, you know, I, my family is very different. You know, it, we're extremely humble. Uh, there's it, maybe uh, my family's perhaps even a little bit weird remember exactly what she said, but she had some fear about introducing her lovely man to her family. Do you remember this or no? No. Do you remember what you said? <laughs> really bad. <laughs> I started my business. Goodbye memory. <laughs> <laughs> but I love what you said. You said, uh, first of all, you said, well, you know, it, it's wonderful that you've let this, uh, this level of yourself in. And I'm so happy that you've uh, made this lovely romantic connection. And you said, when it comes to introducing your man to your family, because you know, it was very, she was making it very clear that they were extremely different. Yeah. You said to be proud of her family. Yes. Yeah. And, yes, and no, I remember this one. Yeah. And you said, aha, because I was like, this is great. And I was like, I'm like, Anna's so lovely. Like I can feel her heart and her sincerity. But you said, you know, be proud, but you might want to warn him, you know, like um, they're a little different. They're not exactly like me. Or like you said, there was a preface, a loving preface, but you said to be proud. Could you just speak about that for a moment? Well, I think it is about, again, owning the imperfections. If you have, let's say, a family that you're not very proud of, but it's time to introduce them or something like that, mm -hmm. it's about just being transparent of who you are. I mean, why setting these expectations that, oh, no, I'm so perfect and my family is so perfect and we're all so great. I mean, yeah. it's not true. It's not true for for you and it's not true probably for me either most people like nobody again the cliche nobody's perfect right mm -hmm. so why are we so afraid of showing our imperfections mm -hmm. people can relate right we can't relate to perfect right because it's not even real I mean I love talking about odd things and like embarrassing things and like yes. oh my gosh in my past like oh I mean I love it and I feel like it makes me it allows me to have really close friendships I agree and like there's and it makes yeah. you connect to another person that makes you like be genuine, be real. Right. And I think when you asked me in the beginning, what do you think has contributed to your YouTube success? I think this, the fact that I'm not sitting here pretending that I was born in a rich family mm -hmm. and that I didn't have a nose job and that I don't have hair extensions. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I mean, Anna really goes there. If you haven't already checked out our YouTube channel, you must, because the videos are so funny. They're so informative. Like they're so high value. And like the way that you just present, like it really is the, the transparency. It's, it's, I mean, it, it's irrefutable. Like there you are, Anna, like showing it. <laughs> I love it. I admire it. I think it, it, it's the true mark of courage. Like you're just like, this is it. Like, this is me. So when you think about your work at large and you think about even being like an old lady one day in a very elegant rocking chair with a lovely lake view, what will you have wanted your, like your work to represent? Like what's your intention for what it is that you do? Actually, one of my goals is this, is to be able, because I feel what we just spoke about, because I feel like we are oftentimes very much imprisoned Mm -hmm. by our pride, by, I don't know, keeping certain appearances or trying to be perfect. And I think that it creates a lot of anxiety for a lot of people. And I think it's also a little bit unrealistic as well. And uh, I mean, we have all kinds of things that en- ends up as a problem, like, you know, this syndrome, like keeping up with the Jonases and mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And I just kind of, maybe it is easy for me to kind of just, I don't know, be transparent and honest, even if it doesn't always put me in the best light. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's going to, it's going to help a lot of people to find courage to maybe do the same. And I think that is one of the things that I'm, really trying to do with my work of course I also want to help as many women as possible to level up but yes. like as a, as a more like kind of deeper thing that's important for me so you're modeling the thing that you would love to give people the like the key to do I mean that's the most generous way of doing it because we can show up and speak and go be vulnerable be transparent be yourself and you're like here I am before my nose job, after my nose job, before this, after this, here are my pictures. I was drunk on TV. Like yeah. you, but the, because words don't teach, right? I mean, they do like to an extent, but the way that we really absorb a lesson is seeing someone do it. Like exactly. see, seeing the real life role model. And I think people appreciate the fact that I am all the time kind of allowing my imperfections to step forward. I mean, yes, um, yeah, well, no, a few days ago, a new YouTube video came out about like shoes (laughs) that I posted. Oh, I love that video. Yeah. Uh You know, showing everyone my flat foot. (laughs) (laughs) This is part of my body. And, you know, people are writing, I ugly foot, things like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. Like, yes, I have a, like this flat foot and I embrace it. <laughs> it's part of me. Yes. It's not like the best feature of me, but I'll have these things. Why should we be so ashamed and not talk about them? I think it's kind of fun to talk about them. <laughs> Listen, for me, for me, so, so much of a big part, Anna, of letting it be easy is not taking it all so seriously and it all can be anything. So like flat feet, sure. But also like having a fight with somebody or having a really off day or making a mistake. Like what's wrong with just going, oh, instead of going, oh my gosh, wait, let me cover up my mistake. Let me think of three ways I can say that wasn't my fault going, you know what? I really effed up. That was all. I was totally wrong. (laughs) 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 Okay. Like come and get me, like arrest me. Like what, you know, what's so wrong? Like what, what's so serious about that? Do you feel that way too? Yeah, I do. Because one of the things that have really kind of inspired me to owning mistakes Mm -hmm 
especially, you know, when I said that I had a few experience with narcissistic abuse and so on, because those people unfortunately cannot own any mistakes. And it really inspired me that I told myself, I never want to become that person. And of course, sometimes it's hard to own your mistake. By the way, it doesn't mean that you can, because we all can be a little bit defensive sometimes. I don't know if yeah. you, <laughs> you, oh yeah, have, oh, yeah. Uh, even I, still today be a bit defensive on certain points mm-hmm. um, because it's hard to sometimes acknowledge a mistake it's normal we have we all of us have that in us but I think being aware of that working with uh, the power of taking ownership for things because we need more of that I think in our society what's next for you Anna I know that you you like you keep things private that you're working on, but maybe there's a little something you can share or something that we can look forward to because, you know, already 2023 is nearly here. What can we look forward to with you? So I am currently mostly active on my YouTube channel, Anna Be Official. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will be having a second YouTube channel, which I'm really excited about because I want to have, a, like on my main YouTube channel, it's more kind of educational videos where you do learn a lot about elegance, leveling up, fashion, being the best version of yourself and so on. But they're structured in a very kind of educational, quick and snappy way. Mm-hmm. I feel like I also want to show the very casual side of me, like the, the side that you see right now. And this side, um, unfortunately, it, I don't really have the opportunity to show much of it on my main YouTube channel because there I'm in my teacher's role. Mm. So I want to have a, a kind of a second YouTube channel where I'm able to have more of kind of these casual chit chats. So that will be launching in 2023. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's like a well-rounded version of showing us like, yes, it's a come and hang out with me type of atmosphere, a little bit more unfiltered, a little bit more personal and uh, juicy, perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) Love, love, love. I love to wrap my episodes, Anna, with like a fun, like rapid fire, kind of, (laughs) if you're up for it. I'm up for it. Anything for you, Susie Moore. (laughs) Before we do it, would you like to share where people can find you, reach you, follow you, any links to courses, any free trainings we should be checking out? I do offer a free training. If you go to anabay.com, there actually you find all the information and links that you need about me. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, Anabay, and also on YouTube, Anabay. Anabay, Anabay, Anabay. Okay, so here we go. Staying in or going out? Staying in. <laughs> I am introverted heart. Oh, staying in. Increasingly, I feel that way too. Um, cookies or cupcakes? I'm not really into both of them. Can I say <gasps> ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> ice cream is allowed. So you prefer salty over sweet? Oh, yes, I do. Mm. like I don't like breakfast food so much because it's too much sweet stuff I prefer mm. like if I if I would eat breakfast I would eat like salty food for breakfast mm. best <laughs> health hack that you've adopted in in recent months best health hack yeah best health habit that you've you health now hack. employ mm-hmm. I read the book by your friend Kate North, oh, North yes. the mm-hmm. one that basically hacks the female cycle mm. and it did I, I read her book and it did actually really improve my my life so working with the with the cycle the menstrual yeah, cycle working with the female cycle I know that we're not supposed to like talk about periods because it's gross right <laughs> it's nature <laughs> yeah 
as a woman, you really have to understand this process and it's going to help you so much in your everyday life and how you schedule and structure things. Mm. Uh, what's an item you can't live without? My lip balm. Oh, lip, which lip balm do you use? Which is oh, your- I, I always yeah. change. I always just buy something at the pharmacy. I don't have any friends uh, with me, but it's something uh, at the pharmacy. Okay. So anything, you're not fussy. Oh no, not too, too much. No. What's one thing you'd be embarrassed about if I were to go through your handbag right now? Oh, it's how messy it is. Do you have not, like, do you have like old, like uh, mints in, like it, people say random stuff. <laughs> it <comes> to- <laughs> okay, so I don't have anything. I don't have like, oh, chew the chewing gum or anything like that, but right. it's definitely just messy and not nice looking at all. If there was one elegance tip you could give to women worldwide that's easy to implement, what would it be? Did you say elegance tip? Yeah. <laughs> Always iron your clothes. <laughs> oh, iron your clothes. Doesn't that just elevate any outfit, regardless of how much that item costs? Mm, ironing your clothes. Oh, yeah, I'm a bit guilty of. <laughs> is, can I get away with this? <laughs> iron, iron, iron. What is your favorite city? Oh, that is so tough. Susie, you can't ask me a question like that. <laughs> one of, your, one of your, your favorite city right now. I mean, London does hold a special place in my heart, but I also used to live there for six years. I do love Paris as well. I'm, I must say I'm very biased towards Europe. I just love Europe. I'm very proud to be European. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Europe so much. What would your last meal be? Oh, don't say that. It's so bad. <laughs> appetizer main course and dessert oh i would definitely have a pizza margarita Mm. Mm. and uh oh gosh i don't know definitely ice cream (laughs) and then mm, like swedish cinnamon buns oh the ones that smell so good they smell so good and they're so good (laughs) if you know how to I love the cinnamon buns. Oh my gosh. I'm right there with you. What's a quirk that you have that only people very close to you know about? I think a quirk in general. So I must just say that a lot of people think that I'm kind of more stuck up and things like that than I actually am. (laughs) I don't know if that's a quirk. The fact that I'm very relaxed, very outgoing. Maybe sometimes I even say stupid things that I shouldn't be saying in terms of like, okay, maybe taking a joke a bit too far or you know what I mean? Like, as you can pretty much see me right now. So a lot of people who only know me from online and they meet me in person, they're like, wow, you're so different in person, but like better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've been reflecting lately. Wow. So I come across as, as, a, as if I have a bad personality online. <laughs> 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 anyway. <laughs> you know, Anna is so real and funny and like relaxed. Like <laughs> We like to have a good time. Yeah, so usually who, that's the kind of side people see that know me. Yeah. What? Who's a celebrity that you currently admire? <clears throat> you ask such you ask such a difficult question. Celebrities <laughs> <laughs> I currently admire. 
Because, you know, you don't want to say someone and you're like, okay, why did I say that person? (laughs) (laughs) Or just one of them. Yeah. I mean, no, no. Are you like, oh, well, I know we both love Kate Middleton. I know she's not a celebrity. I admire her a lot. I do because she just handles her job so well. It's like she was made for that role. Although she, she, you know, she was in a way just kind of regular person, but she was made for that role. Like, no, I do admire her. Thank you, Susie, for helping me. (laughs) (laughs) When people encounter your work and you, how do you most want them to feel? I want them to feel motivated that anything is possible and that they can do it. Is there a quote that you love or live by? Transformation never stops and anything is possible. Oh, so good. And final question on the Let It Be Easy podcast. What's one thing that you do consistently in your life that allows it to be easier? Besides brushing my teeth every morning. Um, I definitely look after my, uh, relationship and I have a very good, um, how can I say routine with my husband that makes us always stay connected. And that definitely makes everything easier because this way you don't have to have, you know, drama in your personal life and things that really just drains your energy. Instead, it's just so easy to be with my, you know, life partner. And this way I can really focus on the work that I do. And it's just, I can't be more grateful for that. Anna Bay. Oh my God. I could keep you forever. Like what a joy. <laughs> what, a, <laughs> ah, what a joy to, to spend time. With. I, I'll take any time with you. I love you so much. And for us to have this great conversation and for you to be here, I'm just, I'm so grateful. So thank yeah. you for being with us, sharing your wisdom, Bye. being yourself and being so honest. I hope you'll come back. I hope we'll do this again. Susie, invite me anytime. I love your podcast. You know, I listen to your podcast. I have sometimes even re-listened to certain episodes that really touched my heart because I felt like you spoke to me directly and really helped me overcome certain things. Thank you. Anna Bay, so much love to you. Until next time, love and ease, my friends. If you like this episode, you'll love my free workshop called Become Your Own Life Coach. Head on over to becomeyourownlifecoach.com now, and I'll teach you how to coach yourself through any of life's problems. I'll see you there.